Welcome to the Parents at Work podcast, a podcast for the modern parent working in the modern world. Join us as we interview leading experts in their fields to unveil the secrets working parents need to succeed at work. Welcome to the Parents at Work podcast, a podcast for parents who want to excel at work while they have children. This podcast is sponsored by the Spiegel Law Firm, and I am Tom Spiegel. We represent people, mostly women, who have been wrongfully fired or afraid that they might be. And I am joined today by my esteemed co-host, Lori Mahalik-Levin, who is also an attorney and the founder of Mindful Return. And Lori, I will let you introduce Mindful Return and our guest today. We'll get started. Great. Thanks so much, Tom. It's a pleasure to be here with all of you. My name is Lori Mahalik-Levin, and Mindful Return is a program that helps new parents transition back to work after parental leave. It's also a program that's offered by many companies as a benefit to help their employees transition back more smoothly and successfully. Today, we are delighted to welcome to the podcast two amazing working dads in the tech sector, Matt Burke and Hugh Malazzi. And I want to tell you a little bit about each of them, and then we will turn over to them to hear about their working parent stories. And after this episode, stay tuned for a wonderful conversation with some moms in the tech sector as well. So Matt Burke and his wife, Quinn, live in San Francisco with their daughter, Lachlan, or Lolly for short, who is three years old, and their son, Liam, who is one year old. Matt works at Thumbtack on the People Programs team, leading efforts for employee performance and engagement. He founded the Thumbtack Parents Employee Resource Group two years ago and is a co-lead of the group with two moms from the company's Salt Lake City office. Welcome to the podcast, Matt. Hugh Malazzi is the founder of Ujama, a mobile platform where parents team up to share rides, playdates, and babysitting. Hugh and Michelle are proud parents of 12 and 13-year-old daughters. So we've got two dads with us today whose kids are in slightly different life stages, being one and three versus 12 and 13, and we're really looking forward to hearing their stories. Matt, first of all, let's kick it off with you. Can you tell us a little bit about your own personal working parent story? Yeah, before I jump into that, I just want to thank you both for what you're doing and having me on the podcast. It's a real honor, and I'm humbled to be here today. So I joined Thumbtack uh, when we were about 40 people um, back in May of 2014, and there was maybe two parents that had older kids, probably a little bit younger than Hugh's daughters, in our San Francisco office. My daughter was the second child born in San Francisco after we had a parental leave policy established because we had a, an executive who was pregnant, so we were kind of on the clock. After my daughter was born, I quickly realized that I had a new priority in life. And as a lot of parents struggle with, I had to organize my time so I could be present outside of work for my family while still being able to kind of provide for the growing number of people that were depending on me. And we are a dual earner household, as many house families are in the Bay Area. And I knew that I wanted to be somewhere that would value my priorities and give me time and space to make that happen. So Alex, who's a teammate of mine now on the People Programs team, is our diversity and inclusion lead. And he came to me almost two years ago and said, you know, what do you think about starting a parent CRG? And I said, what do we need that for? We got our leave. We don't need anything else. And I really couldn't have been more wrong. And it was really through building this community and especially when you're in an environment where you're away from your extended family. And we've got a lot of international parents, so it's ever more important to just kind of have people that you can depend on and have that sort of space to be vulnerable and just talk about things that are on your mind and things you're struggling with. And 
celebrate the little victories along the way. I think parenthood's a great relator and people can, it doesn't matter what your title is, you can kind of relate to what other parents are going through. Wonderful, Matt. As a serial starter of two parent uh, in the workplace groups myself, I uh, high five you and, uh, you know, can really relate to the benefits that you get from being part of one of these groups. Thanks for telling your story. Hugh, turning it over to you for a moment, can you tell us a little bit about your own personal working parent story? Yeah, thanks. And then like Matt, I, thanks to you, Tom and Lori, for having us on. Yeah, my story, I, you know, I always worry about how uninteresting it is. But, you know, career-wise, I spent uh, most of my career, 22 years at Intuit. And so I'd already been an Intuit many years when I met my wife, Michelle. Uh, we actually met on a plane where she was sitting next to me. We were flying from Denver to San Jose. And on that plane, that flight, I, you know, remember one of the things we talked about was kids, which is, a, you know, again, a strange thing maybe to be talking about with somebody you just met. But <laughs> I jumped right into it, yes. What, what struck me was, you know, we were, we had the, the exact same views on you know, how we would like to bring up kids. And she specifically, Michelle, she was working at the time in finance, but she said, you know, and she got married, she'd hoped to be a stay-at-home mom. And I thought, you know, yeah, it's a luxury, but I think something that I would have be, hoped to be able to give my future family is that we have a, one parent who can be at home with the kids. And so, uh, you know, that's how it was. You know, we had our daughters born. Uh, they are 14 months apart, so in quick succession. And, you know, my children is a very supportive workplace. They gave me two weeks of parental leave. And, you know, there was really no pressure about getting back. Uh, you know, everybody was very happy and supportive about the family. But, you know, when I did get back to work, it was, you know, back to business as usual. And I think, you know, as my kids started to grow up, you know, I started to realize that, Yes, it's great. I have Michelle as a stay-at-home mom, but I started to realize that I'm actually missing out. And, you know, I had this epiphany when my oldest daughter turned nine, which scared me, which was like, wow, she's already halfway out the house. And it feels like I just blinked and that happened. And so uh, that's when I decided, you know, I should start making some active choices on how I can be, you know, much more engaged uh, and available for the, the kids as they are while they're in our lives. So that's part of what led me to decide to leave into it when I did. I left at the end of 2015. I wanted to find a way in which I could uh, continue to make a living, but without necessarily doing it in a nine to five way. And I thought, okay, I have an opportunity to do that. Unfortunately, or fortunately, along the way, I decided that it was also important. You know, I had this really strong motivation to solve this problem I was seeing where I felt like parenting, especially in the barrier, was very challenging because many parents don't have extended family support, and it's very difficult to get your kids to where they need to be, school, after-school activities. And there was just this missed opportunity of so many parents are in the same situation, but they could be helping each other. And so that's what led me to start Ujama was to create a place where parents could meet up and could actually start to make the connections and help each other. And I, I'm very, I feel like it's a very important mission and it's been a very fulfilling journey. However, it has uh, taken away from some of the intention I had about leaving and spending time with the kids. I feel like I've had more time than I was at Intuit, but not to the extent I had imagined. 
Sure. Thanks for sharing your story there. I can definitely relate to the idea of being in places where we don't have that established village. I know here in D.C., many of my friends don't have family close by. And I love your mission of trying to help and create that and also know from experience that one's own personal business and passion project and all of those things can grow exponentially and eat into time that you imagine would be spent otherwise. Hugh, I want to stick with you for just one more question, which is if you zoom out and take a bit of a macro perspective and had to generalize about the tech industry, how would you describe what it's like to be a dad in tech these days? Yeah, it's a good question. I'm not sure, you know, I've been in tech so long. I'm not sure I'm, uh, I'm in a great place to contrast that with people in other industries. But what I would say is what seems to be very commonplace is just seeing how frazzled and how uh, stressed people are in trying to balance the needs of their kids with very extremely busy work lives. And so, you know, you'll have, you know, in a typical tech company, we work long hours. We may even have meetings that go late into the day or into the early evening. And that, of course, con conflicts with picking your kids up or uh, maybe going to watch recitals or watch sports and things like that. So I think it's a, it's a big challenge uh, a lot of parents have and how to balance that. And so you do see people being fairly stressed out about it. How about you, Matt? Is that sentiment you can relate to? And how would you characterize what it's like to be a dad in tech these days? Yeah, absolutely. My working life, my career, is, I've been a bit of a gypsy. I started in athletics and soccer. And my first experience with tech was working at Overstock in e-commerce in Utah. And it's very different, I think, from being in a startup and seeing it thumbtack when I started into now, we've, we're a bit bigger and there's a bit more structure and I think the biggest difference in tech is just that people are so mindful about the way that they demonstrate appreciation for employees and they really put resources behind keeping people happy and developing talent in-house and then also attracting new talent. So there's been a little bit of an arms race when you talk about the Googles and the Facebooks and some of the larger companies that are in tech that have all the perks and everything. But all that stuff's great. But I think the biggest difference for me is just having that like close-knit team where you have understanding and empathy and allyship from people that don't have kids or maybe there's caregivers that are caring for an elderly parent or something like that. And so there's a lot of just understanding that's really beneficial. But, you know, I think everybody kind of looks at tech to like be on the forefront of policy and normalizing being a parent. And I think we actually have a bit of, of ways to go to bring that to life. And I would love to see us just continue to be drivers of progress and really as dads in tech and leaders that are dads demonstrate by living by example and really bringing it to life and showing teams that, you know, you're not leaving at five to go to happy hour. You're going to pick up your kid for from daycare or go to a, a school event or an athletic event or something like that. Right. Sort of ending that secret parenting culture as we've been reading about in the Atlantic and other places. Tom, I'm going to turn it back to you. I think what Matt was saying segues nicely into our next piece of the conversation. Yeah, and that will keep you on the hot seat for a minute. I just want to note as a, you know, obviously a father myself, that it's great that fathers are even having these thoughts. I'm not saying fathers have never had these thoughts, but I think for so long it was just assumed that fathers would not be the caregivers. And that probably didn't even occur to many of our fathers and even in more recent history that, you know, this is something that was even a possibility. So it's heartening to hear. 
But my, my question for you is, you know, as you became a, a working father, what supports did you find particularly helpful? Yeah, the paid family leave is the most obvious one to me that made the biggest difference. And I, especially having the time and space to do it when we had our second child, adding a second to the mix was definitely different than the first time around in a lot of challenging ways, but then also in a lot of really great ways. Yeah, I think the stat is like one in five American dads have access to some sort of paid family leave. It's probably shorter than everyone wants, but a lot of us are too afraid to fully utilize it and really lean into it. So I, the first time around, I took my paid leave. I did it all at once and it was great. And the second time around, I did a month and then took the second two weeks when my daughter's daycare was on their summer vacation so that it was a little bit easier to stay one-on-one with the kids, with a, especially with an infant in the house. The other thing that we do at Thumbtack is invest into like development. So I, we utilize a company called BetterUp that's essentially career coaching. But my coach, Shiri, who's been incredible, and I've worked with her for a number of years now, is also a mom. And so I, it kind of turns into therapy for me. So it's been super helpful just in thinking everything through from communication strategies to venting about, you know, challenges at home to even just knowledge sharing and kind of understanding what's beyond just the surface level of interacting with your child and and your colleagues in the workplace. And then a lot of diversity and inclusion programs that we have here at Thumbtack have been super helpful. We just last month wrapped up an ally week where we had, we've got eight employee resource groups here. So we had different panels and different events where people could kind of break the ice a little bit and ask questions and find out things that they maybe were too intimidated or too afraid to ask if it was PC or not. And then going back to my original statement, just having flexibility and understanding from a team. I don't think you necessarily need to have a company-wide policy that's robust and cutting edge. You just having the sort of understanding and the company culture that really prioritizes the individual and tells everybody that whatever their, look, their life looks like outside of work, that it matters is a really powerful thing. Yeah, that's all great stuff. And, you know, speaking of paid leave, you know, a shout out to D.C., which just recently passed its own paid leave, family paid leave program, which has just gone into effect recently. And in places where we have parents where there is paid leave, they generally mention that as something important. And so I hope we continue to see that as a trend. I'm not sure how much we can expect to see it on the national level. But, I, you know, we'll see. Hope springs eternal. Matt, sticking with you, were there any workplace supports that you thought you would need that it, when you became a parent that turns out you did not? Uh, that's a great question. I mean, each leave was different for me, and I'm sure that everybody has the same experience with theirs. It's different kid to kid and person to person. And I came back from each of my leaves expecting the worst and really being filled with a lot of anxiety about job performance and either being okay as a dad or okay as an employee, but never both at the same time. And leaving my wife behind each time was the hardest aspect of, I think, both experiences for me. So I don't know that there were any offerings that we have that I didn't take advantage of. I would just encourage everyone to take full advantage of whatever is offered to you, regardless of the length of the leave or whatever perks and benefits your company has. I think it's really important to just really take full advantage of them and and do the best with what you have. Yeah, I think that's a great point, particularly for fathers who I think is our men, as we pointed out, you know, somebody mentioned that often don't take advantage of the benefits that are even there because they don't feel like they can. So 
This is Lori. I just want to jump in with one follow-up question quickly. Matt, you said people are, and often the fathers, are afraid to fully utilize leave and lean into their leave. What's the number one tip you would give to someone who's facing those fears and is really hesitant to take his full amount of parental leave? For me, it was really helpful to sort of appreciate the fact that you're not going to have that chance again, and your kids are only going to be that age for one time. And yeah, you might have another kid or handful of kids or however large it's going to, your family's going to be. But I think in visioning your family 10, 15 years down the road and picturing what you want it to look like and to be able to tell your kids, like, I had this amazing opportunity to, to spend six, eight weeks, even if it's less, two, three, four weeks at home with you and your mom. And it was just this incredible bonding opportunity. And just to kind of give yourself some permission to not jump right into email and not dial into meetings. That stuff's always going to be there, but your kids are only going to be that age one time. Okay. Thanks, Lori. So Matt, the final question on this segment for you is, are there things that you think for fathers that are coming up behind you that they might need or might benefit from in the workplace? Things that you didn't. That's another great question. For me, I know, and I fully feel this myself, it's so hard to create time for yourself as a working parent and a working dad. And I know it's hard to kind of put yourself out there and find opportunities to spend time with people. But if you can build that community, whether it's joining some kind of parent, like out here, we have the Parents in Tech Alliance. And I joined a meeting of that back in May. And it was just so inspiring to be around like-minded folks that were part of that community and were really making things happen. So that was incredible. I think creating a community for yourself. If you don't feel like you have the tools and the resources that you need, just leaning into that and finding other folks that, that can kind of be your village, so to speak. But from a, a policy standpoint, I would love to see some sort of standardized, flexible return to work schedule, like half time for two to three weeks. I think this is incredibly helpful for moms, especially. We don't have that at Thumbtack, but it is kind of a, a team by team thing. And then going a step further, I think returnships would be incredibly impactful. For parents that are able to stay home with a growing family or a young family and then come back into the workforce after a number of years. And then even beyond that, like returnships could also apply for military moms and dads who have been in one sector and are wanting to get into a little bit of a different environment. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And, uh, you know, it really segues uh, into the work that Lori does with Mindful Return and creating community and the point that you raised that a lot of the changes we're talking about for families, you know, can apply to people who are, you know, who don't have children or have other needs outside of work. You know, you mentioned, you know, folks, you know, returning, you know, from, you know, military assignments, you know, flexible work schedule benefits a lot of workers, not just people with kids. I appreciate that, Matt. All right, Hugh, turning back over to you, the same questions. What workplace sports did you find particularly helpful when you became a, a working father? Yeah, as I mentioned before, I think Intuit is an extremely supportive environment uh, when it comes to parents, especially new parents. And, you know, we have the parental leave and there is a lot of flexibility in how you want to use it versus using it all at once or to use it deferred to later or to use it in chunks. So I did feel a lot of strong support from the organization. But the other thing I did want to mention, you know, uh, Matt talked about ERGs. Intuit has uh, what uh, we call employee networks. And I feel like even before I became a parent myself, there was a lot of active discussion 
about the challenges of balancing your work life with your family life. And in fact, um, the CEO at the time, Brad Smith, he would often talk about some of the choices he was having to make. He's also a father of two daughters. And he would talk about how, you know, in life, you're always juggling these balls. And some of the balls are made of rubber and some are made of crystal. And he was saying, you know, the key is not to drop the crystal balls because sometimes you're going to have to drop some balls. And he was saying, you know, when it comes to your family, a lot of times those are the crystal balls. And But sometimes we err on the side of uh, wanting to catch the workplace balls, which, you know, those are, the, in this metaphor, are the ones made of rubber. And so I think by Brad himself talking about his own struggles, by talking about how, you know, he had to miss some important company meetings because he had to, he, he felt it was important to accompany his daughters when they were doing their college tours. I think that it made it, it sort of humanized the, the challenge for everybody. It said, you know, we had a great role model. And I think, I think by the time I was having to make those kind of choices, you know, I felt a lot of freedom and a lot of support to, to do what was right for me. I love that metaphor. I'm going to steal that and use it liberally. That's a great one, the rubber balls and the crystal balls. And, it, and it's so true. And I think we, you know, as parents, I certainly have sometimes, sometimes get that backwards, you know, which is the rubber ball, which is the crystal one. So then the next question is the same one I asked Matt, you know, are there any workplace supports that you thought you would need as a working parent that it turns out you did not? Yeah, you know, it's hard for me to point one out that I, you know, I can't think of anything that fits that uh, description. I do know that there was, you know, one of the things Intuit does not have is, you know, on-site daycare, which I thought, you know, before I became a parent, I thought that was a big gap that uh, Intuit should fill and that's something that they should work towards. Uh, It so happened, of course, uh, given my situation, that never was something that we needed. But it's still something I feel like, again, whether you're a single parent or you have two working parents, you know, I do feel like companies can do more to accommodate, you know, to make it easier for those parents to juggle work and life balance. That's a great point and tease into the next question. But, you know, the federal government does, some agencies here do have on-site daycare. And I know it does make a a big difference to know that you can, you know, if you need to, you can pop down and see your kid or if something happens, you know, you're right there. So I do know that's a big benefit that some employers offer. So then to my third question, which you just spoke about, other than on-site daycares, there are other things, anything else you think that supports you did not have that you think new parents should have coming back to the workforce? You know, I think for me, I know it's hard and maybe enough time has passed that it's not fresh in my mind, but it's hard to think of support that I did not have. You know, I feel like it was a very supportive environment. In fact, one of the things I like to talk about to people is I remember through the Intuit Women's Network, listening to a presentation by a woman called Michelle Kremen Bolton. I don't know if you're familiar with her, but she wrote a book called The Third Shift. And basically the gist of it is that for women, you know, they're managing three shifts in life. The first being a mother, the second being their their career, and then the third, which is just worrying that they're not doing uh, justice to their family or career. And And she wrote this book saying that, you know, men typically don't worry as much about it. You know, they make their choice in terms of how they want to show up in life and they deal with it. Whereas some people, you know, women, again, this is speaking generally, they often have more angst and worry about it. But I mentioned that particular talk because I think my big takeaway from it was, you know, there really isn't a a perfect answer in terms of how you can be perfect for how you're showing up with your family and perfect for work, but you do have to make some choices. 
And, you know, you should just make those choices very mindfully, very explicitly, and then, you know, accept that that's the choice you've made. And I think that for me was uh, being a new parent, that was very important for me. You know, again, there's a temptation to compare yourself with how other people are doing. And I always feel like there are many more dads who are much, much more active with their families or people who are, you know, maybe show up in a different way at work. But I think the important point is to find what is right for you and, you know, not be so influenced by, you know, what other people are doing. Hugh, I want to stick with you and ask, if you're looking more broadly at the tech sector moving forward in a a future view of the tech sector, what changes do you think are happening in that industry that are affecting working parents? Well, you know, the, the work that I'm doing with Ujama, I think, or maybe, and this is hopefully not just wishful thinking, but I think it marks uh, what I see as a trend of how we can start to use technology to help us in our practical day-to-day lives as parents. So, you know, as I mentioned with Ujama, you know, we're driven to build it. I was driven to build it, given um, this observation of how parenting feels like it's much more difficult, much more challenging now than it was for my parents' generation and generations before because we lack that community support. So many of us live far away from where we grew up. And also our children's lives are very different than, let's say, my life was, where when I was a kid, uh, uh, it was quite common that between uh, school ending and dinner time, my parents had no clue uh, where I was or what I was up to. That was just commonplace. Whereas if I think about my daughters, I pretty much know every single minute of every day where they are and what they're doing. So our kids' lives are much more managed. And of course, that also represents additional burden for parents. But, you know, the missed opportunity is if you go to any school or any after-school activity when kids are being dropped off or picked up, there's always a lot of congestion, uh, enough that neighbors get upset and in some cases even becomes a safety hazard. And yet, you know, most of the cars are empty or have empty seats. And so... This notion, can we use technology as a way to bring people together so that we can now start to establish these communities or villages where parents are helping each other? I'm feeling like there is a movement in that direction, even just based on, it's not just Ujama, you're starting to see a lot of startups, tech startups that are trying to use community in this way. And I think the belief is, you know, you've got things like Facebook where it's uh, managed to bring people together who maybe have not seen each other in a long time and even forge new relationships. But can we do something similar, but with a practical intent, which is to create these communities where parents can help each other? So I don't know, a lot of that may be my wishful thinking, my hope for the future, but it's really about how can we start to have community engagement when it comes to raising our kids to the extent that our, our, the previous generations, our parents' generations had. Mm. You're speaking my same wishful thinking language there, Hugh. As as someone who runs an online course that moms and dads take from all over the place to bring them together in that moment when they're facing the return to work after parental leave, I am totally on board with what you're saying around using technology to bring people together who otherwise might never have had the opportunity to meet, but who are perfectly positioned to help one another out. So love the work that you're doing there. Matt, turning over to you and looking at the tech sector writ large and the future of it, what changes do you think are happening that are affecting working parents? Yeah, it's really awesome. I love everything that Hugh said, and I hope that I won't continue too much of the wishful thinking speak with my answer, but I would love to see 
even more policy and accommodations made to address mental health for not just working parents, but employees in general. I think when we're talking about parents, the constant race of feeling like you're reacting to everything and you're never excelling at it, both being a parent and being an employee and just to really address a lot of the trickle-down effects that come from trying to keep up and even going as far as making accommodations for folks if they need to take weeks or time off of work to get their minds right and to get treatment and to not be embarrassed or ashamed of that, I think is something that will really help to just keep advancing the workplace. Yeah. And do you see the tax sector making strides in that regard at this point? You know, I do. I can share kind of a personal story if it's okay. My wife went through some postpartum depression and anxiety after our son was born. And it took us, you know, 10 or 11 months and six months being back at work of that for her to really figure out that something was off and to really understand that she needed to get it addressed. And I'm so proud of her for not being ashamed of it. And I couldn't express my gratitude enough to her company. She works at a startup called Gusto that does small business HRs and tax software. But they just said, you know, you need to take a month off and get treatment and not worry about trying to make appointments and then coming into work and trying to keep up with work. And they really just created that space for her to get treatment and get help so that they could, and they showed that they really invested, were invested in her. Thank you for sharing that. And, you know, kudos to Gusto for being a model in that space of a good way to behave and react and probably ultimately win the most loyalty from your employees for doing so. All right, back to you, Tom. All right, Matt, if I could keep you on the hot seat. And two, you know, the point that you just raised was I think is a very important one. Just kind of a shout out here to the Americans with Disabilities Act, which covers, I think a lot of people don't realize this, covers a lot of mental health issues, including in many cases, postpartum depression, depression of any type, generalized anxiety disorder. And, you know, we, of course, hope that companies like Gusto will do the right thing uh, just as a, as a broader company initiative. But I think folks should know that you know, a lot of employers are covered by the with Americans with Disabilities Act, or if you're in a place like D.C. or California that have state analogs that actually require companies to at least engage in a process to give you accommodations, to get treatment, or, you know, and continue in the workplace to deal with even those discrete mental health issues. So I appreciate you raising that, Matt, and sharing that personal story. So let me ask you, Matt, what is your number one piece of advice for uh, new parents coming back to the workforce. The thing that I would just, I hope, and I, my wish for every returning parent is that they can be vulnerable and communicate. That's really where I've found that the magic happens when you're connecting with people that are in the same boat. And if you're being vulnerable and saying, hey, you know, I'm really struggling with this, an okay response would be, hey, you know what, I'm going through the same thing. And I can totally empathize and this is what helped me. And if you're speaking with somebody who hasn't gone through that, then maybe they can give you advice that really helps. So it's it's really a win-win to just communicate and be vulnerable. And I think that is true of, you know, speaking to your partner and your family, your workplace, talking to your manager, your colleagues. It really helps to kind of humanize and normalize the working parent experience. And I think even going a step further and it helps to build that community that Hugh and I have kind of been speaking about quite a bit today. No, I think that's absolutely true. Then the second question is, was there a book that you found particularly helpful 
as a working parent that you would recommend to others? Yeah, there's so many out there. And I certainly read as many as I could before the kids came. And my experience was that they were all really great and giving you sort of a foundational knowledge. But the book that I'm reading right now that I, has really resonated with me so much is The Mother of All Jobs by Christine Armstrong. She's an author from England and she really just gives, it's like that friendly advice angle and situational and you get to hear what other people are going through and it's just so incredibly impactful. And if anyone feels like they don't have time to read a book, she's written a really great article that really profoundly impacted me called Our Kids Drive Us Crazy because we treat parenting like a job that talks through, you know, how you relate to your kids and switching your mindset from a workplace where you're trying to push corrections and push to get results versus taking a beat, understand where your kid's coming from and how they're trying to interpret the world around them and really get down on their level to relate to them. I love that one. I'm going to look that up. And we'll include all these resources in the show notes too. And then my final question for you, Matt, you may be a little bit biased here, but what is your number one piece of technology that you find useful as a working parent? <laughs> I'm certainly biased. Thumbtack is the app that I'll say to everybody to check out. It can help you get a professional to knock out everything on your to-do list. And it can even help you find a professional to fix what you thought you could DIY and it turned into a disaster. So check that out for sure. And I, I think going back to what Hugh touched on a little bit ago about the sort of comparisons and I think tech in a lot of ways is kind of responsible for the current frenzy that parents find themselves in today. And you know, seeing the filtered version of things on Instagram and trying to keep up with what everyone's doing on Pinterest and all that stuff. And it's not to knock those apps at all, but I wanted to say to everybody that I've recently started leaving my phone in the kitchen when I go to bed at night and reading old fashioned books before I go to bed. And it's just had a profound, really crazy impact and all the benefits of sleeping better and not having FOMO or fear of missing out and everything has been really awesome. So I recommend that for everybody. And let me just give a uh, personal shout out to Thumbtack, which I have used successfully. Thank you, uh, Matt, for making sure my disposal, which conked down on us twice, uh, got fixed on an emergency basis through uh, through Thumbtack. So I found it a benefit and would certainly recommend it. All right, Hugh, turning it over to you, what is your number one piece of advice for new parents returning back, returning to the workforce? Yeah, you know, I think I mentioned this earlier, but, I, you know, what I would say is, you know, just be very mindful of the choices you're making and realizing that, you know, there's always going to be pros and cons to any approach, any decision you make regarding how you're balancing your family life and your work life. But, you know, it's an extremely personal decision. Uh, what's right for one person is not necessarily right for another person. So you should just make the decision that's right for you. And, you know, for some people, they may even be feel surprised about how they are longing to get back to work. And I just feel like that's something you shouldn't feel guilty about. Understand that that's you and, you know, make the choice and, you know, try and make the best of it. But certainly don't waste a lot of time feeling a, a lot of angst over the decisions you've made. Yeah, I think I judge that I used to work for, he had, and he was very involved with his kids. He has three kids and he and his wife both worked. And, they used to call Monday Saint Monday because they were so happy. Now, they missed their children, but they were happy to get back to work where they had regular schedules and could talk to other adults. So I think it's a very common thing and a good point that you raise. And you, uh, so my second question is if, if there's a book that you found particularly compelling, you've already mentioned uh, Third Shift. Are there any others that you would recommend? Not so much a book, but, you know, I'm 
good friends with uh, Amy Henderson, who's the CEO of Tend Lab. And she's been doing some very provocative research and has written some articles about how being a parent can actually make you a better employee at work, which is, again, provocative because most people think, oh, once you become a parent, you know, you can't focus on work as much as the way you used to. But, you know, obviously it turns out that there are skills that you have to learn quickly. You have to learn how to prioritize. I think a lot of things that make you much more effective in uh, or can make you much more effective in how you conduct your life and your work life in particular. So I would say to people, yeah, please check out Tend Lab and uh, Amy Henderson's writing. Yeah, to your a point that you raised earlier, Hugh, about you know the different expectations for parents now versus when certainly when we grew up. A great book. I don't know if any of you have read it called uh, All Joy and No Fun: Paradox of Modern Parenthood. I read that book and just fell in love with it because it talks about, you know, both the loss of community we have now as parents and so much of it we feel is just, you know, we have to do alone, whereas in the past there often were extended family to help you. And also just the expectations that, you know, I think in past generations there was at least less of an expectation that you were responsible for your child's mental health, you know, you were, or well-being or growing into a well-rounded adult, you just wanted to prevent them from falling down a manhole and then, you know, your job was pretty much finished. And and those expe- expectations are a lot different today. So I think that dovetails well with what you were talking about. And then the final question for you, Hugh, is there a piece of technology that you find that really helps you as a working parent? Yeah, well, again, I, I'm going to be extremely biased and uh, talk about Ujama because, you know, not only is that something we're working on, that's something Michelle, my wife, and I use in our everyday lives. It also, it not only helps us connect with other parents, but it also helps us in managing our kids' activities so that if she, if she's supposed to pick up a kid and she needs my help, we can do it much more efficiently now because we have a schedule that's managed and a way to communicate. You know, it's still a, JAMA is still definitely a work in progress, but I encourage folks to check it out. That's great. Well, Hugh and Matt, thank you so much. And I will now turn it back to you, Lori. Thanks so much, Tom. And thanks to you, Hugh and Matt, for this really wonderful conversation. We'll definitely put some links to Amy Henderson's and Ten Labs articles in the show notes. I agree that I really love her philosophy as well on how parenthood makes you a stronger and better employee than you were before kids. And yes, Matt, I have the personal shout out as well to thank you all for having my piano tuned because it is Thumbtack that led us to a wonderful piano tuner. So appreciate that as well. Everyone stay tuned for our next episode, which will be featuring moms in the tech sector. And then stay tuned for the episode after that, where we're going to change gears and go and talk to some moms and dads in the accounting world. Thanks again for joining us for the Parents at Work podcast. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Parents at Work podcast. Are you interested in learning more about our show, our hosts, or today's guest? Do you have a comment or question you'd like to share with the Parents at Work community? Then contact us at www.spigglelaw.com slash podcast. We'll see you next time.